Welcome to the Grace Point Assembly of God podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit gphixson.com. Now let's get into a powerful message for your life from God's Word. Um, We are heading into a new year and every year I like to just really pray and ask God what what is it that you want us to focus in on or what is it that you really want us to to um, to look at in the new year um, this last year uh, I really felt like that there were two things that he wanted us to do and that was to to seek a greater intimacy with him and then to get his heart for the lost um, and that's what we focused on and tried to really um, in, in put into your life and, and share from the Word what, how important that is. As we go into 2020, as the Lord has been putting on my heart, the, the, the phrase that just came to me as, as what He wants to do is, by my spirit, by my spirit. Now, there's a, a scripture in Zechariah 4, 6, if you want to turn there in your Bible, Zechariah, uh, it's one of the minor prophets, harder to find there, uh, but Zechariah 4, 6. And it says this, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Um, I don't know that it's actually in the context of what the prophecy was, but this word is one that many of us have taken and, and, and used in, in many different ways because I believe it's so important that we understand that we can't accomplish anything in our own strength and our own might. But it's only by His Spirit. By His Spirit. Um, so this, this verse sums up what I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart for this new year uh, for what He is about to do here at Grace Point. Because what He is about to do, and, and I, just, I just have this stirring in my spirit that there's something that He is going to do that is just going to be more than what we could ever even expect. I, I believe that. And, and when it happens, when what is accomplished we need to understand that it's not by what our programs and our, our uh, putting everything in the right place and having the right leaders and doing all It's by His Spirit that when we see what is going to begin to happen of families coming in and, and lives being changed and discipled and, and all the different things that I really believe God is wanting to do here at Grace Point, it's not going to be through our own strength, but it's going to be by His Spirit. So let me first of all give you just some ways that the Spirit was sent to work in us. Because we need to understand that what the Spirit is here for and what the Spirit is going to do and how He works in us to accomplish what He wants to do. Amen? So the first thing is that the, the Spirit was given to us as a counselor or helper. Now, if you go to John chapter 14, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Now, this is the words of Jesus. 
Jesus is telling his disciples that he's getting ready to go away. And when he goes away, he is going to send a helper, a counselor to us. Now, to be our counselor or helper refers to the fact that the Holy Spirit was to be given to us because Jesus knew we needed help. Amen? He knew that in our finite minds and in our finite understanding and in everything, we needed somebody to come alongside of us to help us. To be that counselor to tell us what to do and how to do it. I don't know about you, but I've been to counselors before because I needed help. I've been in situations where I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to fix what was going on. And I went to a counselor and they sat down and they said, tell me all about it. And I told them what was going on. And then they fed back to me some things from Scripture that helped me to understand how to fix the problem. Amen? And it's okay to do that. Sometimes in our society we think, oh, I don't need a counselor. You know, we get these labels on that. All of us need counselors. All of us need help from time to time. So it's not a bad thing to be able to have a counselor. This counselor came to give us comfort through deaths, through discouragement, through disappointment. How many of you have ever faced those? I'll tell you, I've faced more than enough of that in my life. I tell you, it's it's been a rough several years for me. I'll just I'll just tell you guys. I've done more funerals in the last three years than I care to ever do in the rest of my life. I think I've probably done fifteen or sixteen funerals in the last three years. And it's and it's taxing. It's it's just, it drains you. It, it, it just brings you down and discourages you sometimes. And I need the counselor. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the helper to be able to get through that. Because without Him, I can't make it. I can't do it. But He sent this comforter, this, this counselor, this helper to come and be with me during those difficult times. He came to help me uh, when I was lost. He came to help me when I was confused. He, he came to help me when, when I didn't understand what to do. He, he is my counselor when I need answers. He is the one that I go to. So many times we want to run to other people. We want to run to this book or we want to run to that teacher or we want to run to... to we need to run to the Holy Spirit. We need to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Fill my mind. Fill my heart. Fill me up because you are the one that Jesus sent to be my counselor and my helper in every situation. And when I can't face it alone, when I can't do anything on my own, I need a helper. But the problem is many times we wait until we can't do it on our own anymore. He sent the helper to be with us always. So we should be relying upon Him every day for everything and not only when we get into trouble. Amen? The counselor is there to help you decide which way should I go to work this morning? 
Where should I go to lunch today? I mean, it's, He's there to help you, to guide you. I can't tell you how many times God has used the Holy Spirit to speak into my life. I'm going out to lunch and I don't know where to go and the, and the Holy Spirit will speak to me someplace to go. And I'm just like, God, I don't really want to eat there today. You know, I don't really like that food, you know. You know, it'll just be impressed upon me. Go there. I'm like, but God, I really wanted this. No, I want you to go there. I'm like, okay, God, I'll go there. And I go there and I sit down and all of a sudden here comes somebody that I either needed them to talk to me or God needed me to talk to them. You know, that's the... That's what God sent to us was this, this counselor, this helper, this one that could lead us and guide us and, and be able to direct our lives on a daily basis. Not only when we're in trouble, not only when we're in those dire straits of needing help every day to speak to us and guide us and direct us. Then the Spirit is also the Spirit of truth. When you look on down in John chapter 14, verse 17, it says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. The Spirit of truth. Then in, in John 15, 26, he says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about Me. And then in John 16, man, Jesus is trying to hammer this home, isn't He? John 16, 7 and 8, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth primarily speaks of conviction. Think about that. The Spirit of truth speaks of conviction. Without the Holy Spirit working in our lives, there is no conviction of sin. No conviction of sin. That's why we can look around at this world and see them doing crazy stuff and just stuff that just boggles our mind. How in the world can they even be thinking like that and doing those things? Because they do not have the Spirit of truth. If you, if you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have the spirit of truth within you. You can't know the truth, and the truth can't set you free. But when you do accept Him, then the spirit of truth comes into you and convicts you of sin and shows you the right things to do. You see, the spirit of truth breaks through the lies of the enemy that tell you that you are doing okay without Him. Right? The Spirit of truth breaks through that lie and tells you, you know what? You're not doing okay on your own. It's not okay by your own strength, by your own might. You can will it all you want to, but it's not going to be enough. 
You need the Spirit of truth to come in and convict you of the fact that I am not able to do it on my own. I'm not able to do it on my own. I need Him. I need a helper. I need the Holy Spirit. We all need the Spirit of truth active in our lives on a daily basis. The Spirit of truth can also reveal new aspects of God's character to us. You know, I have been saved for over 40 years and I still don't know everything there is to know about God. Can you believe that? I mean, you guys think, man, that's old. They're like, yeah, that's really old. Because I was, I was saved when I was 13. So, you know, just tells you a little bit. Um, I was probably close to most of your ages when I got saved. And I've been at this for over 42 years now. Serving Christ. But I still don't know a minute amount about God. There's only a little bit that I've been able to discover. In all those years of of serving Him, of praying and and following after Him, there's only a small amount that I really understand about God. You may think, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know all about God. There's too much of God to understand. There's so much. He's so vast. There's so much of Him that I need the Spirit of truth coming into my life on a daily basis, giving me new and fresh revelation of who He is and and what He desires for my life and where He wants me to be and what He wants me to do and how He wants me to live. I need that Spirit of truth in my life on a daily basis. Because the Spirit of truth will also remind me of everything that Jesus taught. He says that in His Word. He says He'll come and He will remind you of everything that I said. Everything that I taught. Man, I I don't know about you, but I'm very forgetful. The older I get, the more forgetful I get. I need Him to remind me. I need Him to remind me on a daily basis of how good God is. Because sometimes I can get caught up in my own thinking, in my own ways, and get discouraged and think, man, nothing's good, everything's bad, everything's going in the wrong direction, I don't understand why this is, and I don't understand. I need that Spirit of truth to come into me and say, I've got it. I'm taking you in a direction. Just follow after me. I need that truth being spoken to my life on a regular basis because He said He will teach us all things that we need. When we have the Spirit of God working in us, He will teach us all things that we need every day, in every moment, in every situation, everything that we face when we have that Spirit of truth working in us. But he's not only the counselor and the, the helper and the, and the spirit of truth, but he is the spirit of holiness. Mm. That's a word that this world doesn't want to hear anymore. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. Because sometimes even the church doesn't like to hear that word. But Romans 1.4 says, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
And we need this spirit of holiness working in us. Is how many of you can be holy on your own? How many of you can fulfill the law on your own? How many of you can do everything that is written in God's Word on your own? You can't do it. And so when we read this scripture in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 that says, But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It brings about this fear, this, this conviction upon me. And, and I'm like, oh God, I can't, I can't do it. I can't measure up. I can't do those things. But that's why we need the spirit of holiness to come into our lives. Because the spirit calls us to walk holy and righteous in our lives. This spirit calls us and shows us how to walk in holiness and righteousness. Because not only does He call us to holiness, but He empowers us for holiness. You see, I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength. I don't have the might. I don't have the ability in my own strength to make it happen. But by my Spirit, says the Lord, by my Spirit, says the Lord, you shall be holy as I am holy. Wow. You see, it's, it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only through His Spirit. It's only through Him that I am anything close to being righteous. But in Him, I stand completely righteous, standing before a holy God, able to enter into the very throne room of a holy God and inquire of Him and, and worship Him and, and be there with Him. Because without this spirit of holiness in my life, if I tried to walk into that holy of holies, I would be struck down. I need this spirit of holiness, the spirit of righteousness working in my life on a regular basis. It's by His Spirit. He is the comforter and the helper. He is the spirit of truth. He is, he is the spirit of holiness. The last one I want to give you is the spirit of life. In Romans 8, 2, it says, the law, For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You see, the spirit of life sets us free from the law of sin and death. It sets us free from that law. The law brought death. Right? Because it was in the natural. It was in what I could do. And I couldn't measure up because the wages of sin is death. If I couldn't fulfill the law in one aspect, any aspect of it, then I deserve death. I earned it. That was my wage. But now, but now, I have the spirit of life in me that sets me free from the power of sin and the law. The spirit of life now helps me to fulfill that law that I so desperately desired to fulfill in my own flesh. That I wanted to do. I wanted to do what's right. 
Paul talks about this in his scripture. He says, the very things I don't want to do, I end up doing, and the things I want to do, I don't do. And, I, I, you know, I got this war, I got this battle going on in me. Even Paul struggled with this. But I know that Paul was filled with the Spirit. And so he had the Spirit of life in him that set him free from the bondage of the law and sin. Paul, the man who killed Christians, hunted them down. That man, he was set free and given a spirit of life. You may think, well, I've done so many horrible things, there's no way I could... Look at Paul's life. Look what Paul did. There's not too many of us have gone as far as Paul. Of persecuting the church and killing Christians. And yet, he was set free by the spirit of life that came into him. Now, now there are many more ways that the, of the work of the Holy Spirit and how he can work in our lives. And I've just, it's described throughout Scripture. There's, there's so many. I, I had probably about ten different ones, that I, but I just felt like I needed to stop here. And just, just these four that I wanted you to just focus on this morning. Because we need to understand that we need the work of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? Without that, we are without hope. Without hope. Now, if we are going to accomplish anything of any real value in 2020, it will be through the power of the Spirit. And that's that's it. That's that's the only way that it's going to happen. Because that scripture that I read right at the very beginning, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And we see that Jesus came and He gave His spirit for us so that we could do the work of God on this earth. Amen? So I've tried to make things happen throughout my, you know, through my own strength, over and over and over again, in my own power, and all it's done and all it's accomplished is it made me tired. Made me old, gray hair. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work, folks. So what I'm asking you to do with me in 2020 is to surrender more completely to the Holy Spirit than ever before. You know, Jesus came and He said, I'm giving you. When I leave, I will give you the Holy Spirit. It's not like something that we have to work for. It's not something that we have to beg for. It's not something that we have to just, oh God, please give it to me. God wants us to have His Holy Spirit in our life, working and functioning. It's a gift that He wants to give to us in such a way that it keeps us going just flowing in, in the holiness and righteousness and, and being there to help us and speaking truth into our life. All these things that I just described and more and much more. And so I just believe that the more we surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, the more that those things will begin to flow in our lives. And the more that we will see accomplish what we really want to have. 
So next Sunday, January the 5th, um, at 6 o'clock, and again next, the following Wednesday, January the 8th at 6.30, I'm going to ask you to join me for something. I, I want to have a teaching that I'm going to give you that I, I really feel like the Lord has placed on my heart, and it, it is called P3. Okay, now you may not understand that term yet, but I'll, I'll explain it to you. It's a, it's a teaching about the Holy Spirit. Scott Wilson is a pastor of a, of a mega church down in Texas called the Oaks. And he has, he, is, he has had a move of the Spirit in his church like I, I have not seen in, in many places. They, they are, you know, if you've ever been to a mega church, you know that they have multiple services on a Sunday morning and they're on a timetable. I mean, it's a, you know, hour hour and 15 minutes, you know, they're, they're in and they're out, they're in and they're out, they're in and they're out. I mean, he's multiple services. But somehow God has moved upon him to work in his church to bring about a move of the Spirit to where they are having gifts of the Spirit working in the services. And God's speaking and prophecies given and and. Lives are being changed. Healings are taking place. It's because they have allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and do His work. Amen? And that's what I want to see. I want to see God do... You know, we can, we can accomplish so much by just our own efforts. But it's very, very limited. But man, when we turn over and surrender more to the Holy Spirit. He can do so much more with so little. So I'm going to be doing these teachings on on next Sunday night and then the following Wednesday down in the fellowship hall. We're just going to meet. I'm going to show the first video. It's fairly long. It's over an hour. But it, it is some of the best teaching on the Holy Spirit that I have ever heard. And I want you to hear it. And then when we get done, we're going to put into practice some of the things that we learn in that. Then on the Wednesday night, we'll have another video. It's much shorter. It's about a 30-minute long video. And then we're going to put into practice some of what he teaches in that. Because I want us as a church to begin flowing more in the gifts, flowing more in the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to move in us and through us in a greater way in 2020. Are you with me? Okay, most of you, that's good. This P3 that he's talking about, what, he, what he, he says is P3 stands for this. You're praying in the Spirit, with understanding, and in agreement. Praying in the Spirit, with understanding, and in agreement. Now, how many of you would agree that Jesus probably is the best prayer that there ever was? Well, some of you. How many of you believe that Jesus could pray the best of anybody? Okay? I mean, I think He knew how to pray better than any of us and how to get His prayers answered and how to... He knows what He's doing when it comes to prayer. Right? So how many of you wish that you could pray like Jesus? Yeah, I, I wish I, I had that, whatever that is, I want that. Because when I pray like Jesus, I know that whatever Jesus prayed, the Father heard and Father answered. 
right? So if you could learn a way to pray like Jesus, and you could see the same results as Jesus did in His prayers, would you be interested in learning that way? Then you need to be there for these sessions. I'm just telling you. Okay? Now, it's not some secret formula. It's not some... It's, it's just Word of God. But it will be something that as he shares, he had over 25 years of ministry and had never really seen this until God revealed it to him. And you know, that's, that's how God works. God reveals things to us and then all of a sudden, it all clicks. It comes together. And he wants to share that with us so that we can then begin to see the results of our prayers like they're beginning to see. Now, some of this is based out of Luke chapter 11. If you'll turn there with me, Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. Once again, this is Jesus speaking, Luke 11, 9 through 13. He says, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the secret to a productive prayer life. I'm just saying. Now, for you, those who maybe don't come from a Pentecostal background, you've been in this church or you've not been in this church very long, or you came from a different background, you don't understand this, you, you, don't, you don't understand why you would need it. Let me just tell you this. It's in the Word of God. And Jesus says you need it. Paul says you need it. So I think you do. Okay? I mean, that's the bottom line. Is that you may just think, wow, that is just weird. He goes through a thing in this teaching that will help you to understand. It's not weird. It's normal. Okay? And so I want, you to, I want you to come and to be a part of this because I believe that, that in this we're going to see that Jesus has a way of praying through us to accomplish what He wants done. But we've got to surrender to Him. We've got to receive His Holy Spirit and the empowerment of His Holy Spirit. Because it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can truly pray in a way that will guarantee the results that we are looking for. It's only in that. Why, you might ask? Well, James tells us why. In James chapter 4, verses 2 through 3, he says, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. 
You see, when we pray in our own strength and power, then many times it is clouded with our own desires and motives. I pray, Lord, give me a new truck. Man, I've been praying that right now, okay? I'm just, I'm just telling you, I've been having difficulties with my truck. I'm like, Lord, give me a new truck, please. I need a new truck. But is that what God wants for me? Or is that my own fleshly desire? Is that, am I praying with the right motives? Is there something clouding there? Is, is it God's will? Is it God's desire that I have a new truck? I know I'm having difficulties with it, but does that mean that God wants me to have a new truck? I don't know that it is. And I'll be honest, no, it's not right now. So, anyway. Unless somebody wants to give me a new truck, then I'll accept it, okay? You know, but anyway. No takers out there. Okay, all right. If, if we are praying for something and it's clouded by our own motive of what we want, and it might be something good, it might be something great. Lord, heal my wife. Heal my wife. But if that's not what God's will at this moment is, then am I praying according to what God's will is? If he has a, a purpose, a plan for her to be sick right now so that she can go to this doctor and, and speak truth and life into their life or go to this person who has the same kind of disease and be able to show them the love of Christ in the midst and the joy of God in the midst of their sickness, then I'm praying against the will of God. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand what I'm saying? I believe God wants to heal people. I believe that. But I, but I believe also that I need to be led by God's Spirit. I need to know what God's will is for that particular situation for that time. And without me praying through the Holy Spirit's power, empowerment, I can't do that. Because it will be clouded with my own motives and my own desires. However, when I learn to pray in the Spirit and gain understanding from Him on what His will is, then I can come into alignment with His will and begin praying with my understanding in agreement with His will. And see, this is what P3 is all about. P3 is about us learning how to pray in the Spirit, to hear the voice of God, begin to pray according to His will, what he tells us. And then I come into alignment with God's will and whatever I ask in his name, it will be accomplished. Amen? So here's what I want you to remember. The Holy Spirit is my counselor. Jacob, if you want to go ahead and come on up. He's my counselor, my helper. He is the truth. And will always, always, always reveal the truth to me. He is holy and righteous and He will lead me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He promises that. And He is my life that, that set me free from the lustful desires of my flesh and all the wrong motives and all those things. The Spirit is what sets me free from those things. 
So when He speaks to me and reveals the will of God for my life, I know that it is what God wants and desires for me. And because it is then, my prayer will be answered because I'm praying according to God's will. Romans 8, 26 and 27 tell us even more in this. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, bottom line, we need to be able to pray in the Spirit. We need to be able to pray in the Spirit. We need to have Spirit-led prayer. Because when we do, when we have that, the Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. Most of us really don't know what to pray. Most of the time, we we don't know what to pray. When we do go to prayer, we we pray, but we maybe just don't even know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit will pray through us according to the will of God. Every time. And if we pray according to the will of God, then we know that we will receive it. So now, next week, we're, we, we kick off a lot. We've got a lot going on. Next Sunday, we begin our, our two weeks of fasting and prayer. I'm asking you to, to pray with me, to, to spend time fasting and praying. Now, why fasting? Why, why do we fast? All fasting is really to do is to help me get my focus off of me and my needs and onto God. It helps me to say, you know what? Food is not as important as spending time with God. So we're not just denying our bodies. It's not just a matter of, oh yeah, I'm going to not eat meat and sweets for two weeks. Yay. Vegans do that all the time. So anyway. That's what we're trying to do is to get us to refocus, to spend time refocusing, to spend those two weeks in fasting and prayer to where we spend time just at, at, at breakfast instead of eating that bacon and, and all the meat and cinnamon rolls. And we're going we're gonna to eat a small diet of, of something other than that and spend time praying and say, you know what, if this is not as Jesus said to his disciples a couple of different times, you know not the food that I have. (laughs) You don't understand me doing the will of God, me spending time with God, me doing what he has called me to do is my meat, is is my food. And so he showed us in his lifestyle and how he lived that we need to deny our food. We need to deny our, our stomach. And then to begin to pray 
it helps us to focus in on prayer. So when we come together and fast for 14 days together and we say, you know what, we're not going to eat meat, we're not going to eat sweets, we're going to spend time in prayer every day. Then on Sunday night next week, we're going to come together at 6 o'clock down to Fellowship Hall and we're going we're to really focus in on how to pray in the Spirit, how to have the Holy Spirit working through us in prayer. And then we're going to come back again on Wednesday night and we're going to have a time of, of listening to another teaching and being able to put into practice all of these things. And then we're going to have devotions for you every day during those 14 days. We've got a group of, uh, of, of people here in the church that are going through TSOM to get their credentialing. I've asked each one of them to write a devotion for each day of the week during those, each, each one of those 14 days. And so we'll be sending out by email and Facebook. Okay? So... If you're not on either of those, if you're not on, uh, if we don't have your email address, get it to me or to Brenda Miller. We need your email address to get that to you. Then if you don't have that, then Facebook. If you're on Grace, go to the Grace Point Facebook page and we'll be putting it up there as well to where you can look at it. We want you to do the devotions. We want you to read that devotion and pray. And we're going to do this together for 14 days. And I believe God's going to do something great. I really do. Through this time of fasting and prayer and through the teaching that we're going to do. And then when we culminate this whole thing and we're done on the Saturday, the 18th, on the 19th, we have our missions convention. And we begin to focus on reaching out to the world. Amen? So we've got a lot planned, a lot going on over these next uh, couple of weeks as we begin the new year. So get rested up this week and get ready because we're going to hit the ground running in 2020. And I believe God's got some great things for us because I believe that he wants us to pray like never before. He wants us to spend time praying effectively and fervently. And it will be through the power of the Holy Spirit. It won't be through our own might. It won't be through our own strength. But it will be by His Spirit that we will see things accomplished in 2020. If you stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. I just want to pray a prayer over this church today. Over our community over our city, over our country. Because I believe God wants to do something great in us and through us to reach the lost in our community, our city, our country, our world. I believe that He wants to do great things through this church of reaching families and homes and broken people. People who just need Jesus. So can you pray with me this morning as we pray over these things? Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I'm asking you that, Lord, as we begin to focus in in 2020, uh, starting next Sunday, Lord God, as we begin to focus in, 
that, Lord, you are going to begin to reveal new things to us. God, you're going to help us to learn how to pray more effectively and more fervently than ever before. God, you're going to begin to work in us and through us in such a way that we will just see miracles taking place, your power being displayed. God, works like we have never seen before taking place, not only in this church, but God, in our community, our city, our country, and our world. Lord God, through this church, Lord, you are going to do mighty things. And God, I thank you for that. God, that it's not going to be through our own strength. It's not going to be through our own might, but it will be by your Spirit, Lord God. Now, Father, I'm asking you for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit this year. Lord God, in this church, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this community. God, I pray for the other churches around us. Lord God, that are that are preaching the gospel, that are sharing about your love and, and your, your death and resurrection, Lord God. I pray for these churches, Lord, that you will use them, that you will pour out your Spirit upon them. God, that they will have an outpouring like never before. God, if some of them that have never had an outpouring of your Spirit, God, would have an outpouring this year. God, I'm asking you for this. God, in our community and across this country, God, we need to see a great awakening taking place in this country. And it's only going to be by your Spirit. Only going to come by your Spirit. And so, Lord, we're asking you for that. God, not only in this country, but around the world. Lord God, I pray for our missionaries, Lord, that are all around this world. God, around this globe today. God, empower them by your Spirit in a greater way, Lord God, to preach the Gospel, to share your truth. God, to share your love. God, I'm asking you, God, to use us to send more missionaries. God, to help support them and to to give us all the support that we need to be able to keep our missionaries out there and equipped and doing the work of the ministry. Father, I'm asking you, God, for great and mighty things to happen. Lord, I'm asking you for in this church, God, that you will bring in new families. God, we need young families, God, with kids. We need need children running around through the halls, Lord God. We need a youth, Lord God, packed out and, and full, Lord. We need to have, God, young adults, Lord God, that are questioning and wanting to know the truth. God, to come in and to receive the truth of your Spirit, Lord God. Father, we're asking you for mighty things to happen in this place. And God, we dedicate ourselves to you. As we go into 2020, Lord, we commit to surrendering to your Spirit more than ever before in our lives. God, that we will surrender to you. God, that we will surrender to your Holy Spirit in our life. Father, I'm just asking you to help each one of us to make that commitment. God, as we pray and we fast, as we we give ourselves in commitment to you, Lord God, that you will do mighty things that we can't even imagine right now. Lord, I want to see souls being saved. God, I want to hear testimonies of people that have gone out from this place shared in the marketplace, Lord God, whether it's at their job or in a restaurant or at a gas station or grocery store, wherever they are, Lord, that they've shared the message of Jesus and somebody accepted Him as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that You would make us evangelistic, Lord God, that we would have Your heart for the lost. Every day as we go out, we would be led by Your Spirit, that the Helper would be there to counsel us and direct us and show us what to do. Lord, let us be led more by your Spirit in this year than ever before, I pray. Lord, we're just going to thank you right now. We're going to thank you right now for what you're going to do. 
God, we are believing you for great and mighty things in 2020. And it will be all for your glory and for your praise and your honor. And we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. I look forward to a great 2020. Team Challenge students, we love you guys. We're, we're going to miss you. I wish you could be, stay, but... Amen. But I know God has something great for you, and uh, we just love you guys and just uh, pray the best and God's blessings upon you. God bless each and one of you. Have a great, great time. Remember Tuesday night, we've got our game night and coming back together. God bless. for listening. We hope you'll tune in next week for another great sermon from Grace Point Assembly of God.